0: Pray that you would speak to us this morning uh, through your scriptures through the teaching uh, through your spirit we pray in Jesus name amen um, I am like so for those of you that don't know i work I work at the church part time and the rest of the time I work in, in front of a computer like all day long okay so so if I get if I get my chair if I get my chair just right i 'm basically and yeah, exactly. Jody, I need a new chair. I get my chair just right. I can be like this for about eight hours. And that's about all the movement right there, right there, right there. If I do it right, if I do it right, I can, I can minimize the amount of, I think like if I, were, if I were to die in my office, it might, it might take a while for Kit to know. Like, just because, I mean, that's the extent of, of the motion of, of my arms. And, you know, I don't even get up. Like, you know, it's just, and I have to force myself. And so I realized, you have to understand, this is important for for you to understand what happened. So this is the extent of my typical eight to 10 hours in a day. And uh, what was it? Uh, last month, we did Hollybrook. <laughs> so we did Hollybrook. The first, and I, you know, I used to do Young Life, high energy. I love that stuff. Um... And this is just me coming smack against some realities of age and what I do all day. And so we do Hollybrook, and the first, the first day of Hollybrook, I'm like, man, this is just like the good old days of young life, and I'm going to just go for it. So the first, first day, the first morning, the first song, yeah, you're laughing because you know where this is going. The first song, it's like one of the songs that we normally do here, you know, where you stand up, oh, hallelujah, oh, man, oh hallelujah, you know? Not that big of a deal, right? I destroyed something. I had, I mean, next thing I know, I was like, wow, my legs really hurt. And it's like, okay, I was doing kids song for three minutes, okay? And so then I start to walk to the next thing. I'm like, wow, they're really starting to hurt. By the next day, I couldn't walk. I mean, it hurt so bad. If any of you were there, at the end, remember, there's a, little, there's a little dance thing that my wife did. I, I didn't even get up there. I was, it would be too embarrassing. I couldn't bend. I couldn't move. And so I, I just came face-to-face with the reality of, of, of my age and my physical, um, my physique, uh, or lack thereof. You're, I, there's all these, like, triathletes in the church and all that kind of stuff. I can type faster than all of you, okay? So just take that laughing at me. So, so I start to tell people, like, man, I'm going to start working out. I'm going to start working out again. And it starts to sit in with me. I have, I have said this before. I have said this a lot before. And, and I, I started to go through this process of thinking through the things that I, that I say and the things that I do and how they don't line up. And, and I kept going back to this, like, well, what is it about me that I could say it? And I, and I, and I feel like I believe it. Yeah, I'm going to work out, but I'm not going to work out. <laughs> you know, like, what is it? What's going on? And uh, so I, I, I kept coming back uh, to this scripture where I believe Jesus brings this to light and talks about, when he talks about abundant living, he talks about experiencing life the way it was designed. I think this is part of it. This is from Matthew chapter 5. Verses 33-37, again, you have heard, it, heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, but I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot, you cannot make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. So this is like scripture that we probably have heard before. I mean, this is, just to put it in context, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Right? Some of the things that we all associate with the teachings of Jesus, you know, a lot of those come from this Sermon on the Mount. And this is, this is just nestled right in there, like with, with murder and adultery and, You know, these different things that we know that Jesus famously spoke on, taught on, that brought new revelation. Well, there's this little thing in here about oaths and and the words that we use. And it's this pattern of, well, you've heard it said this way, and then he expands it or he clarifies it or however however you want to address that. But he says, you know, you've heard uh, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but I say this or you've heard this you know, don't commit adultery, I say don't, don't lust. And, and he's clarifying and he's drawing the, the, the distinction of the, the, the righteousness, the right living in this world. And, and, and it's part and parcel of the message of Jesus and the power that he brings us to be able to live that righteous life. And in this, he's talking about oaths and he talks about swearing. And I had no idea because, I, I mean, I guess I've read, I mean, I've read it a ton, but, I, you know, I just kind of glanced through the first part of him saying, but I tell you, do not swear at all. That's the same language that he uses when he says, don't lust. It's the same language when he when he make, gives these commands of, of we shouldn't do this, we shouldn't do that. He says, Don't don't swear at all. And so as I started to look at this, I realized, th- I mean, this is this is a command that I've and I say the Pledge of Allegiance. I, you know, I'll say whatever. I've never thought about this as being a Jesus thing. But as I went and I started to, to read, this is like this huge theological issue. I mean, there's, there's Christians, there's sects of Christians that will not uh, put their hand on the Bible and swear an oath in a court. There's, there's sects of people that have applied it in that way. And, and so as I looked, the more and more at, at this scripture, I found that people were talking about that first part as, a, as, a, as this law, as this rule. You know what, we just need to stop we just can't say any oaths. We just can't swear this or we can't do that. And I think we can miss the second part of it, which he's 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 clarifying, he's expanding, he's talking about truthfulness. And he's also addressing stuff that was going on in in, in the day, because the Pharisees of the time, the people of the time, they would quote Scripture to show that you have to be true to your sworn word. Think about that for a second. You have to be true to your sworn word. What does that imply about the rest of your words? Oh, I didn't swear that. <laughs> Fingers crossed. You know, like, you, you, do you see the dichotomy there that he's, he's addressing? And, and there was this pattern, too, where the scripture actually says, you know, th- your oath to the Lord. And so what people would do is they would swear on other things. Swear on Jerusalem. Swear on the hair of my head. Swear on these different things. But they wouldn't, they wouldn't say God. Ha, ha, ha. I didn't swear in the Lord. You see what I mean? It's this loophole that they could get through. And so Jesus is trying to say, whoa, whoa, don't swear, don't swear on Jerusalem because we know what you're doing. You're trying to bring God into your thing. You're trying to make him, you're trying to make him part of this this oath that you're making. When really, you just need to do what you need to do. You need to, to say this. Don't bring him involved. Don't make it a God thing. Don't make it a religious thing. Let your yes, be yes, and your no, be no. Speak truthful. If you have to swear an oath every time you say something, there's probably something wrong with the other things that you're saying. No, dude, are you serious? Are you, are you serious? you going to do that? I swear. Okay. Because before, I didn't believe you at all. But now that you've sworn, we're good. You see what I'm, it's this this philosophy here. It's naive to think that somebody who can't be trusted can all of a sudden be trusted because they gave an oath. But what happens is, even, even as people look at the words of Jesus, they continue the same thing of, oh, okay, well, Jesus is telling us that we just shouldn't, we should never take oaths. But I think we can miss the point because he goes on to say, simply, simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. I think he is, He's giving us a prescription for simple, honest speech. Not religious, not, I need to invoke all that is holy in my commitment to do this thing. And he's saying, don't overcomplicate it. Just say what you're going to do. Just be truthful. In In the words that you say, let them carry weight not in the religious language that you're using, but in the actual fulfillment of what you're, of what you're saying, of the actual follow-through. There's, all, there's other places where... Um, that's a strong statement. There's other places where Jesus, uh, Jesus talks about a father who has two sons, and uh, he's like, hey, who's going to help me out? And the one's like, yeah, I'm going to help you. And he doesn't show up to help. And the other kid says, no, I, I can't, I'm busy. But then he ends up showing up and helping. And Jesus talks about, well, which one did the father love? Which one, which one touched the heart of the father? It's like the one that was honest. The one that, that, that wasn't living a lie. And this is nestled in with all the other beatitudes that Jesus is giving. In other words, when he talks about uh, the commands for righteous living, when he talks about the way that life was designed to experience abundant life, to experience life the way that it was designed, there has to be a truthfulness in who we are. There has to be a truthfulness in the words that we say. Are, are they aligned with, with our hearts, with what we really believe? Are they aligned with what we really do? Because we're being entrusted with the words of life. Think about it. Jesus is entrusting us to go out as ambassadors and to speak the words of Christ, to be able to speak into people's lives, to be able to minister the ministry that he started. Well, how can we do that if, if we're not truthful if we're not if we haven't actually lined up what we're saying with what we're doing and what we really believe in our hearts the hypocrisy of the day jesus is giving a a kind of uh i mean he's raising the bar it's almost as if we should speak as if there's always an oath you know what i mean like god wasn't paying attention when you said that hey i'm gonna be there like god didn't hear that but you say oh As God is my witness. And God's like, oh, what? What? Oh, now I'm paying attention. Oh, you're going to be there. You see what I mean? Like, we should always speak as if God's our witness. We should always speak that way. We shouldn't invoke his name. We should always be acting that way. In everything that we say, in everything that we say, Jesus is making it as simple as he can. Yes and no. He's not talking about specific, you know, in these circumstances. Yeah, let your yes be yes and your no be no. He's just saying in everything. In everything, because how can people trust us when we give them the words of God when they can't trust us when we talk about anything else? And so this is for me, again, this is for me, (laughs) don't think I'm preaching at you. All right, This is preaching to me as I think about going out and telling people the things that I'm going to do. Oh yeah, I'm going to work out. I'm going to work out. Well, Does that really line up with what I believe? Does it really line up with what I'm going to do? Okay, so Jesus commands us not to take an oath. The second part I I think about when I read the scripture is how important the words are that we use, that they line up simply, easily. I kept thinking about in the 80s how wrong it was when we used to say bad. Does anybody used to say that? Come on. Dude, did you see Crocodile Dundee? That knife was bad. You know, like bad. How wrong is that? The word means the totally opposite But Jesus is trying to say that our words should line up. Words are important. The actual words that we choose. And this is a a theme throughout scripture that the words, the actual words that we use are important. And so um, let your yes be yes and your no be no. We shouldn't say yes to everything. We shouldn't say yes to everything. What do we say yes to in our lives? What are the things that we say yes to? Some people, they can't say no to anything. And so what happens is when they say yes, it really doesn't mean anything. When they say they're going to, we all know people like this. Are you going to be there? Yeah. And we're thinking, no, dude, there's no way you're going to be there. <laughs> you see that? Because they say yes to everything. Jesus is saying, let your yes be yes and your no be no. We shouldn't say yes to everything. We, should, we have to say no sometimes. We should be saying no. There are things that we should say no to in our lives. We should have permission to say no. It was great. We had a career meeting last week. We're trying to recruit, you know, people that that are excited about the ministry within the, the career group and saying, okay, we want leaders. We want people that are committed to this, that are willing to sacrifice and be a part of it. And it was awesome to hear them. They came up with it. They're the ones that said, okay, this is what we should do as leaders. We should be committed to this and this and this. And then we got to say, okay, who's on board? Say, give me a yes, give me a no. If you can't do it, that's fine. But if you can do it, we want to know. And I had somebody come up to me and was like, you know, I'm helping out with the middle school, but I really am excited about the career group two. I want to do both. And I got to say, look, don't say yes to everything. Be great at something. Don't be good at a few things. See what I mean? Th- I mean, this, this, we see this in the business world. We see this all the time where we have to say you know, what can I be great at? What, what, what should I say no to? We have to see this in the vision of our own lives. In other words, what is, the, what is the vision God's given you for your life? What is it that God is calling you to do? The more clear that you can see that, the easier it is for you to say yes to the things that you should say yes to and no to the things that you should say no to. They might be good things, but you might have to say no to them because you're focused on the greater thing. You're focused on the thing that God's given you. Does that that make sense? We have to be able to say no to those things. There's a great um, business book called uh, Good to Great. I keep saying great. There's a a book called Good to Great. And the guy talks about businesses that were good businesses. They were good businesses. They were profitable. They've been around for a while. And all of a sudden, they became great businesses. Something pivotal happened in the organization, and they became a great business. And one of them was Walgreens. And it was so funny because it was a family-run business. And basically, somehow, the power of the company had floated down to some young punk in the family who didn't give a rip. He didn't care so much about the history. He was more concerned about the future and what he wanted to do with the organization. You know what he did? Is He got rid of all the, uh, the dining. Remember, Walgreens used to be able to go in and eat. Well, this guy was like, Why? Why are we doing this? We can't be good. Are we McDonald's? Like, what are we? We could be a great pharmacy. We could be a great drugstore. But we, we might just be a good dining place. And so he cut it all out. And the family was mad at him and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But what happened is Walgreens is this unbelievable company now. You see him on every corner. He said no. He said no to something that was good. And everybody in the family was like, well, we're making money. People like it. We like it. Why are you cutting it out? And he's like, yeah, but it's not great. And in our lives, we need to be able to say yes and no to things. We need, the more that we can see the picture of of who we are in Christ and what God's called us to, the more that we can see for River City Church, you know, Antley is constantly dealing with, you know, where is God taking us as as a church? What do I need to say no to? You might have an awesome idea for ministry at River City Church. It might be a, a good idea that we could, we could get behind. But it might not be in line with the vision that we have for the church. And we need to say no to it. Not because it's bad, but because we're focused on the great. We're focused on the vision specifically for this church. And that's, that's tough. It's tough for a lot of us to be able to say no to anything. Okay, so yes and no. Um, we think about Jesus. Even Jesus used the illustration where he talked about a guy who's going to build a tower. And he goes and he tells everybody, I'm going to build this tower. But if he didn't count the cost, if he didn't figure out how much it's going to cost to build the tower, what's going to happen? He ain't going to be able to finish it. Everybody's going to make fun of him. We should be evaluating and counting the cost before we say yes to something. Can we really say yes to it? Can I really commit to it? Why? Because our words carry weight. Because our words should be in line with what we're really going to do, what we really believe. This is the message of Jesus. And it's much, do you see how that's much different than, oh, we can't take oaths. That's easy. I can avoid taking an oath. Well, I think I can. I don't, maybe I'll go to jail. But I think that's an easier command. But Jesus is not saying, don't take oaths. It's more than that. He's saying, think about the words that you're using. You shouldn't have to take an oath. People should hear your words and believe them because of the, the integrity of your life. Okay. Okay. Yes, no. Think about complicated language that people use and invoke. You know, I was, I, was, I was having a bunch of stuff done at my house and contractors. Contractors are hysterical. <gasps> you, hey, are you going to be able to get this done by Friday? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll probably be able to do that. <laughs> and you're like, Did you, was there a, a probably in there? <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely. Sh- I should definitely be able to do that as long as everything goes on plan. Like dude, give me a yes or a no. Just, you know, but people we use this complicated language to say nothing. <laughs> just tell me like it is. No. All right? I'd rather a no. I'd rather you just be honest. And this is the prescription that Jesus is giving us for simple, honest, non-religious speak. And 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 you know what? Just like everything else that Jesus commands us, it gives us abundant life. There's a certain schizophrenia associated with saying one thing and doing another. You are not going to be happy. If you say one thing, do another, and believe something else, man, you're not going to be a happy person. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to have stress. There's going to be things. It's it's not going to line up in your life. It's not the abundant life that Jesus is describing and talking about here. This is integrity. Integrity. Isn't that interesting? When you think of integrity, you think, you know, it's like a badge that you wear. You know, I'm, an, I'm a person of integrity, as if I have some moral, you know, upstanding behind me. Integrity is simply that you are entire, that you are real, that, that there is a, there's not differences as we look at your life. The things that you say line up with the things that you do and the things that you believe. All of those together bring integrity. Jesus is calling us to Integrity. Because we can experience abundant life that way, because otherwise we're going to be frustrated and stressed out. And we're not going to know what, why. Well, it's because what we're saying, what we're doing, what we believe don't line up. So in my life, this is what the process I've been going through is to think about what are the incongruities. Incongruities. I don't know if that's really a word. It's a it's a geometry word, right? Okay. Incongruities. You know, things that don't line up. Things that. You know, as I look at my life, you know, what are the areas that don't line up? What are the things that I say that I believe that don't line up with the things that I do? And why is it? So that I can change. I want to work out. I really do. I really do. Okay? I know I'm going to die if I don't, all right? (laughs) And so it's like, how can I align myself with that? Because I know it to be true. So what do I need to change in my heart of hearts? so that I can actually believe it, so that I can actually do it and not just say it. And I think this is a process that we should all consider going through, is thinking about, in light of Jesus' words, what, what is it that we should be saying yes to and no to? What, what is it that we're saying that doesn't line up with other areas of our lives? Some of the things I was thinking about, you know, we say money isn't everything. ho! ho, ho money isn't everything. Do we act that way? Do we really believe it? Someone to look at our lives outside of us saying that. Do we believe it? We say that we believe God. We believe that he's good. We believe that he heals. We believe that he moves. Does it line up with with what we do? Does it line up? This, This analysis in our own lives, and it's not meant to be guilt. God isn't trying to make us feel guilty about this. He's trying to say, look, you will experience a better life for yourself if you can line up the things that you say, the things that you believe, and the things that you do. We say we believe in the gifts. It's one of our distinctives as a church, is that we believe in the gifts. Do we pray for them? Do we look for them? We say we believe that God is active in our lives. Do we look for God in our lives? What's our response to testimonies? When people tell us stories about what God's doing, do we believe it? Do we really believe it? Lastly, I think it's important to notice that Jesus does bring in the idea that anything more than this is an open door for the enemy. It's an open door for the enemy. He's the one that says, look, anything else, it, it's from the evil one. It has its source. And Think about the enemy is defined as the enemy of life, right? He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. So for him to work lies into our lives, or, or for us to even believe or to, to say or do these things, it's an enemy of life, and he is the father of lies. Does that make sense? Do you see what the the correlation there? When Jesus is saying this, he's not again. He's the one saying use simple speech. So he's not invoking the evil one just to you know get people. To, oh. He's doing it to say, look, this lines up with who he is. We know that he's the father of lies. We know that he's the enemy of life. And so when you have lies in your life, it's an open door for him to wreak havoc in our lives. I think this is for, for people today, secrets. Plain speak is the opposite of secrets, right? Don't you know that the enemy loves secrets? The things that we hold on to that we don't tell people. Why? Why does he do that? Because it isolates us. Nothing isolates us as much as our secrets. The things that we don't talk about. The things that we don't say. They're somewhere in our heart. They're somewhere in our actions. But nobody else knows about it. And those things eat away at us. That's where it's most evident that the the evil one is at work in our lives. when When the things that we say don't line up. Especially in our secrets. I know... Real quickly, a good, somebody I care deeply about had some stuff going on in her life and she didn't know that anybody knew and I found out about it. I found out about all the secrets and I met with her and and the facade was dropped. I told her, you know, oh, you know, this and that and I was like, look, I know everything and it was amazing in that moment to just see her, the walls come down And there was a freedom that came. Finally, my secret's out. Finally, my words can line up with what I'm really feeling right now. Some of us need that today. Some of us need that. We need to be in a place where we feel safe. You know what? I want my words to line up. I don't want to be bound by my secrets anymore. I want the freedom. Jesus is the one that says that uh, (laughs) the truth will set us free. That the truth sets us free, and, those, and that's the perfect example of that. Okay, let's, let's, uh, let's go ahead and stand up and just have the first three, three rows removed. And let's just ask God to come and to speak to us this morning. To speak to us directly about how this applies to our lives. To consider in our lives where we might be schizophrenic. And you know, if right now you're feeling overwhelmed... I want to encourage you with Paul. Paul says this, you know, he says, hey, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. He's dealing with this inner turmoil that we all struggle with in this life. And you know how he ends this? He says, what a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus offers us deliverance. Jesus offers us the power to be able to overcome these things. The forgiveness when we can't, when we stumble, and we fall. You guys can come in the middle, you're not on the sides. This idea that Jesus, through the power of his spirit, the spirit of Jesus comes when we believe in him and empowers us to be able to, to move past this, to receive the freedom that comes from the truth. Let's pray. And I would encourage you, just think about what God might have for you this morning, believe that God has something for you God we um we ask that you would speak to us that you would speak to us this morning about those things that are important to us that we believe in our heart that maybe don't line up with the things that we do or the things that we say and vice versa Lord we just we pray that you would Have your way with us. Help us to be able to speak yes and no. Help us to be able to speak with integrity and with authenticity to the things that we say, Lord. Just work in us this morning. Help us to see clearly. And we give you, we give you full reign over our lives. We ask that your kingdom would rule over us, that there would be no words that have been spoken by us or to us that would have any power over us, Lord, that you would break all of those things and that you would speak words of truth, that you would give us clear picture, clear vision of who you've called us to be. God, we ask for you to work in us this morning.